0: good morning good afternoon good evening whenever you may be listening to this this is the better than you podcast usually alex does this but this is joe i decided i want to do this today and he graciously let me um we talk about a lot of like current events that's one, one of the main things we do and there's nothing more current than the passing of Kobe bryant um Everybody knows by now he died in a tra- uh, tragic uh, helicopter accident with um, his um, 13-year-old daughter Gigi and seven others as they were making their way to his Mamba Academy for a basketball tournament. Um, I'm going to go to Alex first. Alex, how you feeling?
1: I'm blessed, man. Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored. You know. Salute to Kobe, you know what I'm saying? I know we're going to get into it some more, so I'm not going to make it long, but salute to the brother.
0: All right, word.
2: Brian, how you feeling today, man? Yeah, I'm good, y'all. I mean, I think uh, the irony of this podcast today is we were going to pod yesterday, but today in 1997, this, today is January 28th, in 1997 is when... Kobe got his first start as an NBA player and he became the youngest player to ever start in an NBA uniform.
0: Word. Word, that's serendipity for Kobe. Oh, all right. Man. All right. Uh, and, and Ann, how you feeling, bro?
3: I'm good. I'm just, I've been kind of ready to talk about this all day. Just been on TV, it's been on every outlet, everything online. So just interested to see how our perspective,
0: feel about, you know, Kobe being Brian. Yeah, definitely, man. We definitely dedicating this uh, episode to Kobe right now. And first, I want to um ask you guys, like, where were you when you heard, first heard this news? Let's go to Brian. I ain't a lot of you,
2: y'all. I was, um, our family come in town, you know, me and Alex's family, I came in town. We were going to discuss family history and the family reunion and shit. And so I had to go meet up with them. And, I, um, I was, I was trying to get, you know, everybody together, uh, because, you know, I, I'd be driving my family most places, you know, my part of the family. I was trying to get them all together so I can go get them and, and, um, take them to the, uh, take them over to this, to the house to, you know what I mean? To go meet up with family. And, and just pops up on a fuck my fucking chat and it's like Kobe dead. And honestly, like I looked at it. And I kind of got shook up by it, but then I say, yo, let me just Google this shit. You know what I mean? I didn't even respond to, to Ant. I was just like, yo, let me just Google this shit. And then, like, my heart dropped. Like, I couldn't even breathe. I ain't gonna lie to you, like, because all of our superstars, like, all of the heroes, all the superstars, like, I just heard Shaq say this shit. Like, they all, we all, we got to watch them all get old, yo. Yeah. Like like everybody that I could think of that I might call a superstar and really like for me I hold basketball up there y'all I think everybody knows that about me you know what I mean yeah and Kobe is the guy like I you know what I mean like I he's almost you know what I mean like for a lot of your a lot of my life it was like I loved to hate him because you knew he was never going to actually come to the Knicks and you knew He would come and anytime there was a stage or a competition or anything like that, he was going to dominate and he was arrogant about it and shit. So it was like, I I spent a lot of time hating him and and I don't want to ramble about that because I know this is just about where I was at, but, you know, he wasn't playing anymore and you got to love him. And so, and he was doing so much. And so when I seen that, like, it's like, it's sometimes you don't know how invested you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then something like this happened, and it kind of just showed me like how invested I was, because I was emotionally fucked up. I might still be, based on this shit. And I, that's me being hundred percent honest with you, y'all. Yo. Like I can't watch anything. I'm not looking at social media. The only thing I'm doing right now is I might post some positive shit for other people, y'all, because I know people need to heal. Because this shit fucked me up.
0: Yeah, man, that shit's crazy. Because I found out in uh in the group chat too. Um a little after y'all, I don't I know what I was doing, I was, I think I was getting ready to watch the Pro Bowl or some shit like that and then uh, I just jumped in there and I saw like a little back and forth from y'all and the first thing I did was go to Google, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, fuck this and then uh I saw the TMZ shit and it was crazy. Yo, and since you brought it to um, our attention, uh, where did you find, how did,
3: how did you find out? <clears throat> now, I was at home and uh, my friend Steve, uh, I know him for a while. Um, maybe, like, a year or so ago, him and his wife had moved out to California. So we stay in touch and everything else like that. And all of a sudden, I get his text, like, nah, I can't believe this. This ain't real. Like, what? It's like, it's like Kobe Bryant passed. Like, wait, what? Like, like I just saw him, at, you know, tapping up Bron and talking to Luca. Like, hold on, hold on. First thing I it did, it's like, y'all yeah, ran to Google. Nothing popped up. Refreshed it, like a few seconds later said Kobe Bryant dies in helicopter crash I mean the the weird thing about the press is now like when I saw it on TMZ like I believed it like if I saw it from somewhere else yeah. I might not have but yeah. I, I saw him and I was like oh this got to be true because they might be assholes but they don't fuck it up they they get it right yeah. so I'm like and I was like I just took a deep breath and it was weird because the first thing I did was like call my mother I was like hey mom so she's like yeah like, did you hear? Like, what? Said Kobe Bryant passed. He's like, what? I was like, I'm, I, I swear to Christ, like, I, no, I wouldn't. I might joke, but I wouldn't joke about something like this. Like, just, just look. Then my friend Val, he, he, he's a huge Lakers fan, and he was. I think he was going out with his wife for his birthday, and I was like, I like, I text him, then I called him, and didn't answer. I was like, he called me back. I was like, yo, just. I don't want to tell you because I know you're doing you know, stuff with your wife and everything else like that, but just just check your phone and everything else like that. He looks, calls me back like 10 minutes later, like, are you serious? Like, yeah. Like, like, oh my God, that was my guy. Like, he got Kobe stuff hanging everywhere. He's like, and I was like, I ain't, I ain't want to fuck you dead, man. I ain't want to call you and tell you the news, something else like that. I just, I, I just want to leave with you and deal with you. I just saw it, and I know you're the biggest fan in the world. I want to let you know what happened. And I mean, after that, you just saw everything on social media, everywhere, just like wildfire. I mean, there was some misinformation and some innuendo out there, but just hearing that and hearing that, you know, you know, the, the legend of, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these players now, like they don't remember MJ, they just remember him. Like he's, he's their guy. He's I mean a lot of people's guy. People were more Kobe fans and Laker fans and just seeing that news and just so shocking. I'm like, I'm, I'm, that's one of the things that's going to be seared into my brain. I'm never going to forget that.
0: Yeah, man. It, to me, it would had like the same feeling of when, um, we found out that Michael Jackson had passed, and it's funny. I think TMZ had the scoop on that. I think it was maybe after the Michael Jackson shit was like, yo, it was political. He, political. Political had the scoop. Political, on him, oh, okay, mm-hmm. oh, okay. But but TMZ had something. They were doing some play by play about him getting taken to the hospital. Whatever. I don't know what they were doing, but probably. Yeah. I know that, I know that like CNN and some other folks were like quoting like TMZ and shit saying that they did it. So I mean I remember that. I think that was the point where I was like, yo, if TMZ say it, then it must be legit, kind of like Ant was saying. Um, and like how I felt when I heard the shit, I was like, I kind of put my feelings in like the group chats, like, ah, right, yo, that's fucked up, you know what I'm saying? It's Kobe and shit. Um, and I was watching like this, the sports cast, and all these folks crying, like real tears, no no fake shit, you know what I'm saying? Real tears. And um, I remember saying to myself, I'm not going to like cry about this shit, you know what I'm saying? I ain't no Kobe, I respected the hell out of him, especially them last years and stuff, um, just, you know, that's when you really, like, think when people, like, on their way out, you can really, like, reflect on their greatness and shit. Um, But then I, my whole shit was, like, yo, as long as, like, none of his kids was there, then I could, I could say, yo, I am ain't gonna shed no tears on it, but when the shit got, like, when they start unrolling more and more, I said to his daughter that has been, like, right there with him, like, everywhere in the past, like, years. so, you know, because she was loving the game, and Trying and was was had game and was going like carry the torch, you know. Fuck her son, nigga. She was gonna be the one. When I found out uh, she was on there, that shit like fucking floored me, man. But um, yo, Alex, um, where were you when you found out? How did you feel?
1: Uh, I actually found out from, believe it or not, one of our consistent listeners, a guy named Chris Rogers. He just hit me with the similar text like, "Yo, Kobe dead with the question mark." So just like y'all said, I went to Google, nothing came up immediately, but you know, you hit that refresh real quick. And all I saw, I saw the first thing I saw, like you guys was that TMZ story. And I came downstairs and I told my wife, I was like, yo, Kobe Bryant is dead. And it just sat there and I just, I was like, damn. And, And I'm more of a music guy, so it didn't hit me the way that it might hit other people. But when, you know, as a father, when I found out his daughter died, that's when I was hurt. Like yeah. I think I put in the group, I said I'm I'm sad Kobe died, but I'm hurt that his daughter like I'm that that's when I felt something. I was like, damn, not with your kid, mm-hmm. you know. And and I was telling somebody asked me about it today, and I was just like, you know, I understand that Kobe passed, but we got 20 years of greatness out of Kobe. His, his life is cemented. Mm-hmm. His daughter' life didn't never even got a chance to really truly begin. We don't know what she would have been. She could have cured cancer. She could have been the greatest female basketball player. She could have been the first black female president. We don't know.
4: Yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? It's just like I, I, I'm always more, for me, more sensitive to children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And same thing for the other um, three, teen, I think there were three other teenage,
0: three teenagers. Uh, two, two, yeah, two other ones. Yeah.
1: Okay, two other, I'm sorry, three all together, two other ones. Like you don't know what they would have been, you know, just to quote Kobe, that they to be around that Mamba, Mamba mentality, what they would have become
0: yeah
1: man, know, that's I, when I was hurt. that's
0: what I was hurt the most about, and they were definitely being mentored by greatness and um yeah, we want you know send out some love to the other seven people that passed the uh the pilot and uh, there was a mother and father and their child on there, and it is just it's just a bunch, man. And uh, you know, God bless them. And we're gonna talk about Kobe throughout, like this whole podcast, and hit you on know, some other stuff too. But uh, it was ill because uh, Kobe died that Sunday morning, and it just so happened to be the day that the Grammys, the night that the Grammys were going to be in Staples Center. Right. So it was like before. The, before the, it's, it's, I'm trying to think, what would Staples Center look like before like the Grammys? I figure a whole bunch of people. Just ready to get fly and shit, whatever. Probably empty until the red carpet started. But shit, Kobe passed. So there were like dozens then hundreds then thousands of people outside, you know, to pay homage to the guy. And um, I didn't see the beginning of the Grammys, but I heard Lizzo gave Kobe a shout out. How I watched
2: it. It was weird, but she did it. I mean, it was nice that she did it.
0: Yeah, but something I did catch, I caught um, Alicia Keys um, say some words. And then they had, uh, luckily they had Boys the Men in the House. For a time to create creative fucking uh, performance late on, so they got to go up there and do it so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. So that shit was dope to me. And, um, and was there was anything dope else to the Grammys that y'all saw? Not really.
1: Yeah, I yeah. don't watch the Grammys. But shout I mean, out to Jake.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, I mean, I, I watched the Grammys. It wasn't. There was nothing really dope about it. Um, to be honest with you. Um, there, I mean, there was nothing that we could hang our hats on. Even the Usher Prince tribute was not really that great. It was it, weak. Yeah, the, the Nipsey. Demi Lovato did did a good job, mm-hmm. um, but you know I'm a fan, so you know I like that white lady. She's cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I did I did enjoy the um the Nipsey uh the Nipsey tribute. Um, they had the song with uh Meek, Meek Mill. Meek always does a good job. Rowdy, yeah, yeah. And the song is uh, what's the song called? I know it's out on iTunes. I think it's called Letter I to I, Nipsey. Yeah,
1: I'll find it. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called.
0: Yeah, Letter to Nipsey. They ripped it like uh, I. I, I didn't expect to have like a new song, and then I thought I didn't really know what they was gonna do. And then they brought out, you know, John Legend and and Khaled. They did a little piece from that song, Higher, that was on Khaled's album. I think that won a Grammy that night. I know the racks in the middle one for um, Nipsey and all. Uh, it the, did. They it, won, it won.
2: It won. won a Grammy because it, it, Nipsey' whole family was up there: Lauren London, his brother, his kids, all that. They was all up there with um, Khaled
0: for the win. Oh yeah, and uh, what's name came out there? YG, he did his shit. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. I thought Game would have been there because Game was heavy on his uh, on his uh, <laughs> keeping Nipsey like name alive and shit. But I guess I ain't even really had no place for Game to be up in that motherfucker. But yeah, I mean that was the Grammys and shit. You know what I'm saying? I only watched for the Nipsey Hustle tribute, and it was kind of surreal that you know Kobe passed, and Kobe meant so much to the city, and uh when Nipsey passed, it seemed like it such a long time ago to me, but it wasn't that long, you know what I'm saying, and uh, how much he meant to his city, his community, and shit like that. You know, it's funny, like, getting back to Kobe, I think about it, like, uh, the kid, Roddy Rich. I don't know how young he is, he's a pretty young guy and shit, and he's a uh, got Grammy number one, songs and shit like that, and I think about, like, what it's gotta be like to be, like, that young and, like, famous and shit, you know what I'm saying, and one thing that comes to me, like you get the money and then there's also the ladies and shit. And just some random shit just to throw out there and shit, since we're talking about like young, famous and the women and shit. Um my man Alex been talking heavy about Lori Harvey and her little crew of like bad chicks that they had for her um her birthday party in Jamaica. Cool. You 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 know the crew that you was running out of the I'm like, who, who are these let's chicks? Keep, tell me about Let's clean that okay, up, bro. Alex <laughs> was talking heavy <laughs> on you. Look at shawty. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Nah, nah, I was. And the reason I was talking about them, shout out to uh, Lori Harvey and her crew. I said the way that she came through, I felt like it was she came through with her crew putting all these old broads, or rather older broads on, on notice. Like, yo, when we come through, move out the way. We the new crew. We the new Kardashians. Or we the new set. We taking over. All of y'all get out of the way. So it was her, Ryan, Destiny, um, Normani. I don't, and Fab's daughter. I don't know how to pronounce her name. I guess I want to say Tanya. I guess that's her name. Okay. And Tanya. So she just had a she just had a set of baddies, and I like the way she. I like the way that. did she was have?
2: Didn't she have Jordan? Woods there?
1: Yeah, I said Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I said Normani, Ryan, Destiny, Jordan, uh-huh. uh, Lori, and um, Tanya, who is. Fa- I, I can just for us. I'll just say Fab's daughter, so that we all aware who she is yeah I
2: ain't, i'm not looking at nobody' daughter like no. i know fab you know what i mean I, I feel like we grew up knowing fab listening to his music he close enough to my age i ain't looking at that nigga' daughter i look at other nigga's daughter i don't know I, nigga,
1: yeah that. yeah for sure <laughs> um, but they moved a certain way where it looked like
4: yeah.
1: they about to be the next set and i was feeling i was just feeling the movement that they got going on i just said that's some fly shit and it
2: was nah nigga you, i know you feeling the movement pause um, yo, um, Jordan Woods is the baddest out of the group, though, in my mind, yo, and Jordan Woods, yo, honestly, I, I know you niggas said Lori Harvey and all that, but, like, if you notice, for the, ever since that, that Kardashian shit, every time you see Jordan Woods with somebody, she be having, like, the baddest chicks with her, you know what I'm saying, before all this click shit, so I can't put it on Lori Harvey, I think that's just the name niggas know, it might be Jordan Woods, it might be the fruit that's connecting everybody.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna say this, yo. where he when Alex was running down like the pictures of it, saying like, and he was he wasn't really on no creep shit. He was like, not not total creep shit, just a little bit. But most again, of them, your story
2: and my story, that nigga's a
0: creep. <laughs> but nah, it's funny. I was looking at him and it was all fine. But just like the ages of them, I was thinking I'm not necessarily old enough to be all of their fathers. But right. if I didn't like knocked up some chicks in my early teens, then damn near all of them chicks probably could have been you know daughter age so it was kind of weird for me and like you said Jordan Woods was probably my favorite out in the group uh, she was the one that had the thickness on her you know all what I'm right. saying had a little bit more of that grown woman thickness on her and shit but um yeah man nah but yo shout out to them though cause that's son Alex said he's like yo maybe they could be like you know the black like Kardashian crew not really like the Kardashians but just that like Crew of just bad chicks that like pop up and shit. Hopefully, all right.
2: shout, shout out to the chicks that Alex B. Luston.
0: Alex, yeah. Thanks for putting us on, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a big put on, but it's funny. It's it's it might be a little nasty bit of a transition, but um, want to go from that a little back to Kobe and shit. We all know that Kobe came in the league young. He got drafted at seventeen years old. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And um, he was out in fucking Cali, all places and shit, and. He got his name up playing some of the best ball niggas ever seen and shit. You know what I'm saying? And all that. But around 2003, uh, Kobe got jammed up with like the sexual assault um, charge in Colorado. And um, I remember me and Alex, we were talking about it on the group chat. Anthony was there, too. And me and Alex were like, oh, yeah, like this chick, blah, blah, blah. Uh, set up Kobe or some shit like that, Anthony, like, maybe she didn't, yada, yada, whatever, but I don't want to get into, like, all of that, but I want to know, how do you all feel about that Kobe um, sexual assault thing, and um, how we, like, kind of maneuvered through it and, like, played the seed, played through the season, flying back and forth to Colorado to do the yeah, case? Can I, can I, yeah, can,
2: can I do this? I,
0: I, yeah, go to it, bro. I
2: think it got some of Kobe's best basketball, y'all. Hmm. I, think, I think that if, if anything displayed the mama mentality, it was Kobe during that period of time getting, getting killed in the media, getting killed in the stands, people dressing up, people holding up signs, and Kobe coming into your town to punish you. It was the greatest show on earth, and that's bas- really what basketball is. I, you can say anything you want about that girl there was a lot of other stories that were there i mean she did settle she never really testified it against testified against them. she refused to testify against them and there was other people she had sex with that day so i mean you know whatever whatever you know uh, like however y'all want to look at it you want to look at it i don't know i wasn't there um, um but all i can say is yo as far as kobe is concerned like he got a1 credit with me and he showed his ass off on the basketball court during that period of time. And salute, so he was giving people to work.
0: Yeah, man, Kobe was really giving motherfuckers the business. And something about that, like, um, I think it's ugly that niggas like some like people that maybe they haven't been following how great Kobe has been since then, and especially after like his retirement and especially supporting women. A lot of folks that try to like bring this up, like, why are you crying over a rapist, like? For y'all, all y'all motherfuckers on that, yo, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? That's right. like just shut the fuck up, go somewhere. If you listen to this pod, fuck you can skip this whole episode, nigga. We giving Kobe flowers. You know what I'm saying? But as great as he was, like, just um playing ball during that time and shit, he was like losing endorsements and yeah. all this other shit. And we know that he came back. And just um I want to think, I think Kobe probably had maybe like the best comeback from like a sex scandal and shit. And, and I, 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 I uh, want to highlight a couple and shit. I don't want to shit on the brothers and shit, but we had some niggas had some sex scandals and shit. And um main was I was thinking about was Tiger Woods and uh, most recently like Kevin Hart and shit. Hmm. How do you, like, do you remember the Tiger Woods shit? First, got... I just want to say, like, I, yeah. before you, before you um, go to
2: that, I just want to say Kobe was also brilliant during that time. Mm-hmm. And while everybody was staying in America, like Kobe was building a huge brand over there in China and Asia and Japan and overseas to where everybody might've been shitting on him here, but overseas, he his, his brand was, was exploding. And I think this is where Kobe became like one of those international icons and really cemented himself for his after um career, uh, you know, his after basketball career. I just wanted to like point that out. Like the mama mentality said, all right, well, y'all want to act like, uh, act like I ain't shit here. I got an old world to deal with.
1: Yeah, and, no, no. Okay. and Joe, right before you move on to that that other part, there's something that you always talk about, specifically pertaining to that season that the NBA stole from him. You always mention it mm. <laughs> because of that. Steve Nash doubled up. I think that that was the second one they gave it to him back to back. That was the second yeah. year he got it in a row. Yeah, they gave him man. the MVP. They stole. They didn't give it to Kobe because of that.
0: Yeah, he owe him that shit. Yo, Steve Nash should fucking deliver that to his wife and his three children that are still here with us. I swear to God, yo. You think it was because of that?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Joe said it so much that I believe it. And, I, and I'm and i not the basketball guy, but he was so adamant about it. I was like, damn, maybe he did. Maybe he was. No, to-
2: no, no. It's not the point that Kobe that Kobe didn't deserve it. It's the point that it, he was he was playing with Shaq then, right?
1: Yeah, nah. I don't, I think that was the Smurf. What's what's that? What was the point guard's name? Uh, wasn't that Smush Parker? Parker. Yeah, I think that was a Smush Parker. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he was playing with Shaq.
0: No, I I think I think Shaq might have just left. I'm not. I'm yeah, not exactly I think it was
1: sure. first I, I believe it was the first year without Shaq. It was at, It was Smush. Park. We okay. could get it though. We get
2: it. All right. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. Never mind. And I you know, that then then it doesn't deserve me to make a point. Because what I was going to say is that both of them were, oh, the were kind of, yeah, both, they both they kind of split votes and they weren't getting the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Because some people might have said Shaq, some people might have said Kobe, and they both were like the MVPs really every year, but other people were getting them. Because you had the two most, you had the two strongest, most confident players in, on, on the same team. And they were, you know what I mean? And so they were never going to really get MVPs. And I think all, only, they only both got one each while they were together.
0: Nine, no, at all. Period yeah. in their career. And, and, and it's crazy because yeah, right.
2: it, it's bullshit. But it's just like it, it's just like that's what it was because they were just winning championships and they were winning championships together. And it wasn't like like you could say what you want about Pippen, but Pippen was nowhere in Jordan's class. Mm-hmm. Like Shaq and Kobe were like huge. They were up there. You know what I mean? There's no way you could just dismiss one or the other they were going to be top 10 players ever
1: yeah and Regardless. just uh, um, yeah the, uh, that was there was no Shaq that was just Kobe okay. Fox um, oh no Shaquille was there
2: My bad. He was? Okay. yeah so that, that, that's what it was Yo, it was like they, they weren't going to give it to him then
1: they just weren't given either, either just of we're, them. Just looking
0: at the 2003-2004 season, was it that season or the 2002-2003 season? No, nah,
1: 2003-2004. Okay, it, and Sha- Shaq was there.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, but anyway, um, Kobe really maneuvered through that. Uh, he really got through that trial um, with class. You know what I'm saying? People like say, oh, he settled with the civil thing. Well, I'll say this. Most people with money will settle, will settle on like some civil shit. There's a much smaller like there's a much lower like burden of proof that you have to have in a civil trial as opposed to a criminal trial and rich and, motherfuckers settle with niggas every day so folks saying oh that's the admission of fucking guilt nah motherfucker that's
2: and that's, it's kind of bullshit like he didn't really th- that's not really how it worked the mm-hmm. woman decidedly did not uh testify right. against them right mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's kind of really what happened it wasn't like And then he then he just settled out of court. Was like, I just want this shit over
0: with. Yeah, man, pretty much and shit. So you um, you
2: asked about the Tiger Woods shit though.
0: Did you want to go there? Uh, Yeah, just a little bit. As opposed, okay, we saw how Kobe got through his shit, which was a which was a rape thing. And a lot of us, you know, we didn't ever really bought the rape shit, and it was more so like an infidelity thing during that whole time. When they went to Kobe, said Did you have sex with a girl. He was for, of course he lied at first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then anyway, cause you know, why like he cheated on his wife. And. After that, when they said, no, we got the evidence, he said, okay, yeah, I did fucking shit, whatever. He ever fuck around again? I think he said, like, one or two other chicks or something like that. And then he threw Shaq under the bus. He's like, yo, Shaq be be having girls, but he buy him cars, and he be renting them apartments and shit and all uh, this uh, stuff. So So a lot of motherfuckers was like, yo, Kobe, that was a little nasty. But other than that, he got through the shit pretty clean, and any endorsements he lost, he got bigger ones back and shit. But then we had Tiger Woods, and it was an ill time because niggas really ain't think about what Tiger Woods was smashing on for, for real. For real, he's married to <laughs> some chick, blonde chick. She was pretty, had like a twenty, had like kids or some shit like that. And then all of a sudden, we heard that Tiger Woods' baby, his wife, went crazy on him and shit, was trying to kill him or whatever the fuck she's doing. And then it came out that Tiger Woods was smashing some of the. Working lady. Yes. <laughs> well, not that. He was smashing. Well, they all looked the same, yo. He, he was smashing all the chicks. That was girls, girl. Well, they were probably they regular chicks, porn. There was porn chicks. There was show all kinds of shit.
2: Anything that was white and blonde. That's they what he was, was All white and blonde. And, and here's the thing, man. It, this is the thing about the Tiger shit. He took white women off the table as the safer option. Once that chick <laughs> took the golf club mm. and fucked that nigga shit up. It was like, all right, well, you ain't even safe over there, my nigga. Like, so you might as well just stay home with your sister. See what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah, now Tiger, Tiger's T- T- a, a, a degenerate sex fiend, though. I ain't mm-hmm. gonna lie. And he, and, but he, and he definitely does have a type. And you know, I'm not gonna knock him for that shit. It is what it is. You know what I mean? He got the money. He out here balling and all the rest of that shit. And you know, he then after that shit, he just all oh, he did is find another white blonde one. That's what he like.
0: Mm-hmm. And eventually, he got through, like, some of his injuries, and he won another Masters and shit, and now he's out there, and people think, you know, he might win a little bit here and there, but he bounced back and shit. Tiger's still rich as shit, and like you said, he gets whatever little blonde he wants, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like we should get off the whole, like, you know, sex assault shit yeah. and all of that, you know what I mean? That is what it is, and that was, like, just a footnote in uh in Kobe's life, you know what I'm saying? It Like, something that was fucking long forgotten by a whole lot of people, so... It is what it is, man. But speaking to Kobe and how he was just killing shit like during all of that, and he did not stop. You know what I'm saying? This man was an 18 yeah. time fucking like all star, and I, I forget I think he was on, like 14 All NBA teams, maybe more. Um, and the shit was like after Jordan left the league, it's like okay, what was next? You had like dudes like Shaq and shit, but it was every every motherfucker that was a between like six five and six eight and shit that. Could shoot and play some D or whatever. He was like, "Yo, this is gonna be the next Jordan and shit." And then Kobe pretty much became became like the ultimate like Jordan clone and shit. And yeah. Brian, I'ma go to you, being like just a super basketball head. Can you remember some of these other niggas that were supposed to be the next Jordan that just did not um, pan the fuck out? So I remember some
2: of their names,
0: but How some I- of them like
2: some <laughs> of them I see them in my in my mind. I mean, yeah, it was Howard Minor, J.R. Ryder. Um, you know, it was anybody. So really, it had nothing to do with skill, though. At the time, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. Mm-hmm. It had everything to do with size. Jordan uh, before before Jordan, uh, a two guard was like something like six four. You know what I mean? Six three, six four. And then Jordan came and created the size of six six. And you know that was so that became the international shooting guard size. And uh, Kobe ended up being the same size as Jordan. And so during that period of time, like, they were looking for the six six shooting guard. So if you were six six and can score, that's what they labeled you as. You see what I'm saying? Um, they, they labeled you as, okay, he's going to be in the next Jordan. And people were just saying that. Like, people who don't watch basketball, they were just saying that about anybody who was six six and could score. But it had nothing to do with, like, basketball skills or
0: anything like that. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember. Did they say that about Grant Hill, or was he just supposed to be one of the players no. that was going to challenge him to be the best? Because I remember so niggas what, was what really the Grant, Hill Grant. Thing,
2: So the Grant Superstar. Hill thing was the Grant. Well, it wasn't that. So the Grant Hill thing was is that um, he actually did become the best player in the league when there was no Roddy really there. You know what I mean? And it was just like you had to decide, and and he and he got the endorsements because he was clean cut. You know what I mean? And so, but you had to decide, like, did you like him or not? And we did never really got a chance. He just got the commercials real quick before people could decide whether they liked him or not. And he never really got there because he was always, like, injured and shit like that. And so if it, if it, Grant Hill, like, he never really benefited because it felt like he was kind of pushed on us, even though he was, he was the best player for a couple of years. You know what I mean? He was the best player when we didn't have um, the best players. Hmm.
0: That was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, nah, man. I just, I just remember, like, Grant Hill, like, being, like, one of the guys that would say, oh, man, he could be his league and shit. I remember him on fucking uh, dating Queen Latifah on fucking Living Single and shit. Yeah. You know they had a little arc. They was pushing him heavy, man. Sprite. Do you think it was injury? No, it what was, was injury? injury. It was, it was
2: injury. 100%. Yo, Grant Hill had the great, like, all right, we all love. This, this, this is some real basketball geek shit, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. Like, we all love the Allen Iverson crossover. He brings the ball out. He takes a step out with his right leg and snatches it back, like the one he pulled on Jordan. You know what I mean? And then then there's the Kobe crossover where he might step, step to the right and then cross his leg to the left and might snatch it back or might drive to the basketball, right? might drive to the basket, right? Grant Hill has the illest crossover because it was calm, it was tight, and no, and nobody could stop it. But you know what I mean, like, but it wasn't flashy at all. He just takes a little step, then brings the ball to the side, and just brings it straight to the basket. He had the illest crossover at the time, and he could finish, and he could finish with a jumper, or he could he could take you to the cut. You know what I mean? And so that was kind of the thing, but people didn't like him, um, and. They hurt they him. The league kind of hurt him. They were punishing Grant Hill because he had all the commercials and the endorsements when Jordan wasn't there. And so they were like, literally, Grant Hill would go to the basket. And they was, that was when you could just slam somebody down, knock them over. And we really had big men at that point in time. And so they literally beat the shit out of Grant Hill.
1: <laughs> he would have he had a shot. Who was he? He was going to Orlando with who? Was it McGrady? And Tracy Hannah? McGrady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah, traded their team and, for that. And they got, yeah, they got hurt. It would have been that would have been something special, something to watch, something to see those two dudes on the floor at the same time.
0: Yeah, man, and, and the whole shit crazy, man. Just like some of like Kobe's contemporaries, a lot of them were like could have been like all time greats and kind, of, but like injury got to them. And I don't know if it was like just freak shit that happened to him, or maybe the it's conditioning a, wasn't yeah, right. It's,
2: yeah, exactly. It's conditioning, yo. It's a skill to be on the court. The greatest ability is availability, yo. Like Michael Jordan said, the greatest thing that he ever um, that that he ever did as a basketball player is not get injured. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nigga would lift lift weights before games and all types of shit. You know, like he just he he was able to stay on the basketball court and get out there in games. And a lot of niggas can't do that. A lot of niggas don't 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 put in the work like a michael jordan did y'all. i mean mm-hmm. if there's a freak injury like the paul george injury where when you know he, he, uh, he you know like he, he he had that injury whatever what under the basket those yeah. are freak injuries like that yeah mm-hmm. but like those aren't those aren't the norm the norm that you're seeing with these players the 100 the, conditioning related
0: yeah man that, that's something that like going back to kobe and shit people talked about how kobe was a fucking gym rat you know what i'm saying yeah. And uh, shit, fucking Drake said she wasn't with you shooting in the gym. Talk about Kobe White. Right. But uh, shit, a lot of motherfuckers that was getting paid to play that game and wanted to be great. Apparently, they wasn't in the gym shooting with Kobe either. And they own damn gym like they're supposed That's to. That's right. And It's crazy. We go back to that draft. It might have been the greatest draft of all time. It's definitely up there, that 96 draft that uh, had AI and Steve Nash and the fucking gang of motherfuckers. Uh, Shit, Ray Allen was in that draft too, right? That's a fact, yeah. Yeah, and Kobe outlasted all the motherfuckers, man. It was the
2: greatest year in college basketball the year before that too. It was just great. Mm. That was a great time in
0: basketball. And we got some, we got some, we got to see some great players come out of that draft, but n- none of them is great as Kobe, you know, in, in terms of that longevity and just what he was able to do right. and how, you know, fuck it, man. And, uh, just, uh, they just replayed, uh, the, uh, Kobe's last game, uh, last night. I watched most of it when he, um, shot up about like sun shots and, and got 60 points. And, uh. And won the game, you know what I'm saying? They needed yeah. all his 60 points, too. And uh, yeah. he won that game and he got to go out like a G, it was beautiful. He had um, his daughters there, I think he had two at the time. Um, his two oldest at the time, the other ones weren't born yet. And, and
2: uh, the impressive game was the 81
0: though, because
2: this is the thing people forget about this game, or and I think a lot of people actually did not even watch this game. You know, I'm gonna be real with you because sometimes I talk to people about it. And I was like, and, and after a while, I was like, yo, did you actually watch this shit? Cause like their team was getting smashed. It wasn't like Kobe came out there and was like, yo, I'm about to gun. And it's funny because Kobe what put like, Kobe put up like 70, but the uh, the game before that, Phil took him out in three quarters or something like that. Like it was something, you know what I mean? Like Kobe was on a scoring rampage, right? But the Lakers were getting smashed that game, and so cold star just takes over and was a lot of it in the second half right and then the, but the niggas so competitive the nigga started playing full court basketball i mean full court defense so <laughs> he was picking the other team up full court defending them uh, shutting down their defense shutting down their offense and then scoring on the other side to the cup to the cup jump shot jump shot you know how much energy that shit took that motherfucker was going insane during that basketball game, yo. If you ever get a chance, I used to watch it on NBA <laughs> Classics, too. Like, just when I just watched it, some shit for mm-hmm. the love. Like, like it wasn't no regular basketball game. This nigga really put in real fucker where he was like, no, we're not losing this game. I don't know what was in his mind. I don't know why he didn't want to lose that particular regular season game against the Toronto Raptors. But he was like, yo, this is not going to happen tonight. And he literally showed his ass off.
0: Yeah, and that shit is that shit classic. That shit go down in history, man. Fucking uh, that shit. And I, I love when Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose. I heard probably heard Jalen Rose talk about that shit, like fucking a dozen times, or whatever, man. Fucking, he dropped that eighty one on him. And uh, but nah, back to that last game when he when he went off, you know, and he left. And last shit he said was like Mamba out after he gave like all the love to the fans and everybody in the organization that held him down and showed him love. And um. I swear, when I saw that shit, it's like, damn, I right, yeah, Kobe's done, and and I was like, yo, I, I think I might have clapped a little bit when I when I um saw him get a speech, and I said, okay, you know, Kobe probably going, you know, fade to black and shit. Maybe he'll pop up, do a little commentating if he bored. Probably go play some golf, maybe invest in something here and there. But I had no idea that he was so ready to be, yeah, like uh. Fucking this businessman and also this like incredible like mentor to anybody that you know said, hey Kobe, how can I, you know what I'm saying? Like he, Bro,
2: nobody saw that one. Nobody, His, he was he was so closed off. Nobody saw him being a mentor. You're absolutely right, y'all. Like that, and and you know what? I'm gonna be 100 honest with y'all. Yo. After Kobe's last game when he when he um was was ready to retire, y'all, like I was I was you know I, I respect Kobe Bryant and. And he dominated on the basketball court. But the first thing I posted was Chris Childs punching to give him that two piece saying that's why I said Mamba out. You know what I <laughs> mean? Because as a Knicks fan, yo, it was just like, yo, I'm gonna show you love, my G. Cause you know what I mean, you play ball and all that, like, and but you was really f- great. But never yeah. forget. Yeah, but never forget, yo. And I legit said that on the thing with the tag. It was said Mamba out, and then I said never forget. That's a fact.
0: But yo, yo, aunt. Yo, what does this the Mamba mentality? What does that mean to you, aunt? I got you, bro. You you here? Yeah. I
3: mean, thinking. thinking? It's, it's it's weird to put in the right words because I don't necessarily think it fits all situations, but Shit. the the mindset of it really does. Like, I don't think that Kobe was the most athletic or he was the most gifted, or he was the highest jumper, but he was the most skilled. And the reason why he was the most skilled is that no matter what, he was always working. You would always hear stories of guys saying over the years, like, I would get I would get to the gym at 6 o'clock. Kobe's been there for an hour. I would get there at 5.30. He's already there. Like, he was just a guy who was just never going to be outworked. Like, he took his natural talent, and he just decided to take it to basically... The the furthest extent that he could, and I mean people think that and they could feel they could maybe try something like that, but it's sometimes it is it seems impossible because other things get in the way. But that mentality is literally like I'm going to sacrifice everything, I'm going to sacrifice friendships, I'm going to sacrifice family because I want to be the best at this above all and above everything else. So is it functional? I I think I think it's an ethos to live by. I think when you're really driven to be something and you really have your heart and soul to be that, you should kind of develop that mentality that everything will will come second. You have to sacrifice all to get to this point. And I think that the Mamba mentality, people say it like it's easier to say than it's something that's an actual practice. Like you said, Kobe throughout his career, even with his greatness, he was strength because he didn't care about anything or anyone else except for basketball. He sacrificed everything for that. Other guys wanted to hang out, Kobe's at the gym. If they want to do this to do that, he's still working on this game, that game. That's just how he was. He was just so driven and so obsessed by being the greatest of all time that nothing else stood in the way. So if anything to take from that kind of mentality is that if, if you have a skill or you have a talent that you always have and you've developed it a little bit, but you feel like your place in the, in the world isn't right, the way your life is isn't right, you should, you know, really think about that. You should really like, what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I really willing to give up to, to get to the point where I can be my best self? that I can, you know, maximize every drop of talent that God gave? And I think when I think about my mentality, that's what I get from it. It's it's beyond all and above all. For me to be whatever I need to be, I'm going to put everything aside and I'm going to focus on this and only this. And I'm going to find a one way or another to make sure I'm the best at what I do.
0: Man, and that's some real shit. I, I want to go to Alex right now, um, for a minute. Like, I mean, for maybe like a couple of years, I heard you say um, that if there's one person that you wanted to work with, you know, what I'm saying it was Kobe Bryant. And I want, I want you to share like a little bit of why you was on that so heavy.
1: Yeah, I was definitely on. You know, Kobe working with Kobe and saying that I was going to move there later, work for Kobe for a while, simply because I saw the marketing behind of what he behind, what he was doing. So when you come up with your, you get your sneaker deal from Nike, I guess he had, to, I'm assuming he had it with Nike and you, you get in the in the room with the marketing team and they give you the, the layout and everything. And they say, this is what we're going to do. This is how it was going to look. This is that. And the third, Kobe went in there had already wrote up his entire own marketing plan and came in there with the, with the boards of how it was going to play back then. They didn't have, you know, the video the way they do it now. But he had the mock boards of what the commercial would look like. He had already drawn it out, had it printed up, and came in there and sat the marketing people down and gave them the plan on the rollout of the sneaker, on what the commercial was going to look like, and how it was going to be marketed. When you got somebody on that, that's thinking on that level, that plays at that level, there's nothing. You, you dealing with a different type of person. That is, going back to what Ant saying, that mamba mentality. And I wanted to work with a person that was, I'm a creative person, so I wanted to work, and especially with marketing, I wanted to work with somebody like that. That was that driven, that said, I'm gonna still take the time out in the off season between my workouts, between everything I gotta do, I'm I'm gonna write the treatment for the commercial, I'm gonna pick the director, I'm gonna make up the mock boards, and I'm gonna write the entire marketing plan phase one, two, three, and four of how we're gonna do this and how it's gonna get done. So that you this you fit the vision. I'm telling you my you. I'm telling you my vision, but I'm not gonna let you control it. I'm I'm telling you and I'm gonna control it. When you for me looking at somebody like that, that's somebody that I wanted to work with. Is just to be around that creative mind. The things that I thought that you know I where I was at that point in my life. The things that I felt that we could have come up with together would have just been amazing. That was one of my that was one of my main things.
0: Oh, word. Yeah, man. And it's funny. I remember trying to clown you a little bit for it, but I I understood. I I did understand, like, why why you would want to fuck with Kobe. And it's funny, like I said, when Kobe was done, I thought that was, like, you know, the end of, like, whatever the fuck he was going to do. You know, that was it. Kobe's probably going to fade to black and just be whatever. But less than two years after he dropped to 60 and walked away the man's fucking had this animated short that won a fucking oscar award you know what i'm saying yeah. and it won an annie award for uh um best animated short and uh it also won a fucking sports emmy and it's funny like and it's a uh, it's, it's kind of eerie man um one of my things i love to watch on youtube uh I believe it comes out of like Showtime Sports, but it's uh, called Up in Smoke featuring uh, Matt Barnes and um, Steven Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. And uh, ever since they started doing it, they had some pretty great interviews with different people in sports and basketball. And uh, ever since they started, it's like, man, we're going to get Kobe on, got to get Kobe on. And they finally got Kobe on. And I believe it was probably a Kobe's crib because he was laid back in this really nice, expensive chair I could never afford. And on the table next to him, he had the. He, he made sure to had an Oscar, the Emmy, and the Annie Award sitting right there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, fuck it, it was just, it was just the excellence, man. And, was, and he had him there, so it's like, yeah, I already did this. And he's talking about about some more shit in store. You know what I'm saying? But speed is a mob mentality. Alex, you got more to say on this, bro?
4: Yeah,
1: just for I heard a story and I don't know if it's widely known. I have never, I never heard it before, but. Doug Gottlieb, who's a sports announcer, and Kobe were good friends. They lived in the same neighborhood. Their daughters went to school to went to school together. And he was telling a story that he was having that Kobe was having with him at dinner. And he said well, how Kobe was telling him that he would have beat Jordan. And he was like Jordan knows that. And He was like there's no he, you know us being from that time. even mm-hmm. no matter how you feel about Kobe, still like nah, Jordan would have got you, bro. And so he asked him, he said how would you have gotten Jordan? He said mental warfare he was like what you mean man he's like you think you could be more mental than jordan he said yeah i studied him he said for years as a kid growing up he thought his father he thought that his father his father loved his little brother larry more than he loved him because larry was shorter so his father showed larry more love he said i just played the whole game and i just call him larry the whole game <laughs> mental warfare he was like "If jordan knows that. he said i know how to get under his skin he says a, he's so the so Gottlieb was like, "You would never say that to Jordan. You wouldn't. You wouldn't dare." to he said, "I he said I 100 will." And he knows that. That's why he'll never say nothing about it. He said he knows that I'll beat him. I just thought that was like that mama mentality. When you talk to any player that says you think you could be Jordan, they'll come up with some diplomatic answer. Kobe's like, "Nah, I got him." And this is how I would get him with mental warfare by calling him Larry the whole game. <laughs>
0: yeah, man, and a testament to how great Kobe <laughs> is. I think uh, I think MJ I think he probably one of the only folks that MJ like respected on that level with him. You know what I'm saying? More so than a LeBron or definitely like a KD. These motherfuckers now is just different. You know what I'm saying? Um, just fucking Kobe with the the mama mentality was like a, a never say die thing. You know what I'm saying? And. Just uh, just being that strong and that confident and like instilling that in anybody he talked to. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just like I think that's the way that just like people in general well, would definitely black folks need to be uplifted. You know, and I just want to step away from um, just the Kobe uh, talk for just a little bit, because earlier Brian had shared an article with me uh, from the Independent. Um, the headline was, I believe, Hollywood must end its trauma fetish. There's so much more to Black lives than police brutality, and and um, that's to me, I feel like that kind of fits right here because it's like in contrast to like Kobe's "Never Say Die, Be the Greatest" shit, and then to this when we th- when I think about like Kobe won an Oscar for his animated short for that, but it seems like when we as Black folks get nominated for like Oscars and shit like that. It's got to be some like fucking like crazy shit like black folks being oppressed and uh, all of that. Um, Brian, you shared the article with me. What, what did you yeah. think about this article? Um, yo, I'm gonna be real with you. It, it,
2: just to even tie it in with this Kobe shit, like I've been looking for something positive to to kind of watch. You know what I mean? Just aesthetically, you can't turn on TV, you can't use social media right now because the shit is depressing. Like, you know what I mean? Like I. I'm I'm not joking about this shit. Like the Kobe shit got to me. It gets to me, right? So I'm trying to avoid it and there's nowhere to go. And then it was like, all right, well, what can I watch? And when you think about it, it was all all the cool black people shit this is kind of depressing, yo. There's nothing there's nothing like uplifting and fun. And, like maybe bad boys and shit like that, but like really yeah, there's not you know what I mean? Yeah, there's not bro. a lot out there, yo. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean like I remember the big um push. Everybody said, oh, you got to watch this American Son thing. This was like a few months ago that popped up on Netflix. Oh, you got to watch it. It's about this lady. and children. And I didn't watch it for the same reason you're talking about now because, I mean, I've seen so much of this stuff play out in the news. I don't want to watch this play about this black lady being disrespected by this white cop while all she wants to know is if her son is like alive or not after running with the police. You know what I'm saying? And, um... My whole thing is, like, shit that we don't have to show, like, the, the worst parts of being black for shit to be real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't need to see niggas getting beat as slaves or getting gunned down and shit like. There fucking, should be
2: coming to America sometimes.
0: Exactly. Coming to America. Fucking. The Black Dolomite. Panther shit. Fucking, so, yeah, Dolomite.
2: So, but no, but what I mean is that when, when, when I say coming to America, like, and I, I understand the rest of the movies that you guys are talking about, but coming to America's main theme was is that everybody has this negative perception of Africa let's show the happy great rich portion of africa right Mm -hmm. so everybody you know we have we we put it we put out the negative images about black people in our struggle whatever but let's show the fun shit that we deal with and go through you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the movie dope you know what i mean like shit like that like let's show some fun shit sometimes
0: yeah definitely show some fun shit um (laughs) before we get back to kobe and shit we got to talk about uh speaking of fun shit and uh, black shit that kind of shows us like having fun and not being like fucking beat down and shit. The long awaited fucking third installment of the Bad Boys franchise uh starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith came out about a week and a half ago. I know Anthony saw it. I saw it recently. Did any of you other guys see it? Nope. Nope. All right, I'm gonna let Anthony off the, off the rip. Tell me what you thought about Bad Boys for Life.
1: Wait, let's. We need a disclaimer.
0: Anthony's about to what, spoil it I want Spoilers. There's <laughs> spoilers in it. Fuck it. It, it, it no, came no. out. They should, if They want to see it. They should have seen it already. Nah, hell no. It's in the movie theaters. All right, all right, Anthony. Leave <laughs> yeah. out the fucking soap opera twist that happens like near the end and shit. Because that's right. probably that's the funny. only spoiler. But everything else is kind of what you would
3: expect. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it's it's it actually has some real emotional <laughs> moments. In the movie, which is weird. I mean, I think what the, what, the most emotional one when somehow, and I think in Bad Boys 2 and Gabriel Union ends up in Cuba somehow, and Martin's in there crying. We ride together, we die together. Bad Boys for Life. Like okay, mm-hmm. but the, that was a great moment.
4: moment. Yeah, it was a great
3: moment. Yeah, it was. But, but you get a lot of you get you get you actually get a lot of emotional moments. There are some things that happen that was kind of shocking. Uh, the actions the actions pretty good for it not to be directed by Michael Bay but I mean the reason why you go to see bad boys for life is because you get a chance to see Martin and will do that thing again exactly it, it's, it's just good to see them I mean I don't necessarily know what happened to Martin wants career but he needs to do more work because he's still hilarious to me yeah mm-hmm. I mean he, he's deadpan funny and it's just he's the funniest part of the whole movie and you know, Will's character has a little bit more development than it did in the past. Um, they they introduce a team which probably sets it up for Bad Boys Four, which they're already in, uh, planning on doing anyway. Oh, they ended with they ended with the they ended with the oh yeah we about to be
0: back shit like
3: yeah like yeah yeah like, it ended with like a little teaser for it so like this can happen and I mean once it makes that much money they're going to find a way to make it happen. So I mean that's definitely going to be in the books. I mean I mean all in all is a good is a great one. I would say it's it's part it's probably of all three it's probably the second best one.
0: To mm. me, okay, me personally, um, I just really enjoy seeing Martin and Will do their thing. To me, it's probably the third best, meaning it's the worst, but it was still definitely fun to watch for me. Um, the only thing that made it kind of like kind of made it a little little trash for me was that Will Smith is like 50 years old and he kind of looked 50 years old and he was getting played out a little bit more than any in the other ones and shit and I I, I don't know man it's like an old Mike Lowry I don't know if I'm like set up for that but um it's definitely worth a watch if you enjoyed the first two and um they they got some twists. One of the twists I thought was trash near the end, but I guess it kinda sets up things and uh whatever. But it had a lot of treats for you if you were a fan of like the first two, I gotta say. Ah oh, shit, man, that hurt my feelings. What hurt your feelings?
3: No, we said we said oh fuck. We said that Will was in the movie and he's like fine, looking at his age.
4: Yeah.
3: And, and uh fuck. What the fuck is wrong with you, Ant?
2: Yeah, yo. What the fuck is wrong with it, <laughs> Nigga, we doing a live podcast. yeah, yo, move on. Yeah, nigga, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ant making do no, noise. No, 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 let's say it. Let's say it. Let's say it. All right. Say the thing. Fuck. Okay, nigga. <laughs> right, yo, Joe, man, let's move. Yeah, yo, let's, let's
3: rock, let's, yo. No, it, it quite simply because fuck. <laughs> oh, let him get it out. Let him get it out. Take We're making good time. Let him get it out. It makes
2: the listeners are not here for this.
3: It, it, no, it makes me a little bit emotional because, it like, it like it, like it just kind of like really just hit me now. Like, I'm not going to see the chance to watch Kobe age gracefully. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah.
0: It's time and to I, get back. I, it's time to get right, back. I, I, didn't, I didn't
3: think about it like because like. Cause we like we we always talk about everything else like that. Will's been in the life for a very long time, and like he's one of those guys that never aged. You see him in a movie where he finally starts to look his age, and then like after this tragedy happens, like you just kind of think like like you're you're missing that that ambassador for that generation, that guy that was supposed to be 66. He was supposed to be Bill Russell. He was the one that's supposed to carry on that legacy. Like now you kind of realize like. Like, that's that's never going to happen. Like, it just, it's gone. Like, that's, I like, I didn't really think about it till you brought mm-hmm. up the agent Will Smith thing. Like, that's when it kind of just really hit me now. Like, fuck, like, like that part is gone. Like, you're going to see highlights and everything else like that, but you're not going to see him, you know, you know, six years old at an all-star man. game, 15 years, yeah. like with gray hairs and waving and going like that. Like, that's, that's hard to me, just yeah
0: it's funny i was thinking about that um when they were when uh, they had some like the all-time greats like talking about kobe and i saw like uh you see like bill russell and he old as shit you know what i'm saying and god bless him he's still here and kareem not as old but you know he up he's he about 72 or something like that i believe and then even when i saw like uh like a dr j i don't know how old dr j is but he's aged very well and seeing him made me think damn that's what like Kobe should look like in about like 15, 20 years. I so saw. I know what you mean. You know what I'm saying. And right. then he should have looked like fucking Dr. J. It should look like Kareem, and ultimately looking like Bill Russell and shit. Giving niggas, you know. It, 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 it's a shame, man. And um, going back to Kobe, man, it's like thinking about him aging and getting to to, to be that level. And um, it's something that we are not gonna get to see. And like his, his um. We think about his legacy and uh he talked about it on Kemble and other places where folks are like, Oh, Kobe, you gotta have a son, you and you and Vanessa have a son to like keep the legacy alive and he said that he was um, someone said that and his daughter was there and said, No, I got this, you know what I'm saying? And um one of the most beautiful things, the things that the thing that really like I think hit everybody even more so than just Kobe was the fact that his daughter that was right there with him, like visible for at least the last year or so just he all she was all you always saw him like occasionally, but she was right there because she was on her way. She wanted to you know be a beast like her pops, and, and T Mac said she was kind of getting there already. That should be a beast like her pops. Yeah. And then she wanted to go to like UConn. And shout to UConn for showing so much love. Um, they had like a jersey set for some flowers like like they uh the exhibition game that they had. Um, and it's just sad. And I want to go to like um me and Anthony, we have, like, goddaughters and nieces and shit, so we, we feel the shit, but I want to go to, like, uh, Brian, you have a beautiful daughter, Alex, I think you have, like, three, a couple of young ones, something like that, um, I want to go to, um, I want to go to you first, Brian, um, like, how does it feel to, like, raise a daughter and, like, just and nurture, like, how does it feel seeing Kobe do that, and how does it feel, like, just you and your life doing it, if that that makes sense?
2: Um, I'm a daughter, dad, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's, it's different, especially, you know, from where we're from and the time period we grew up in or whatever, where you was being the toughest and the hardest and, you know what I mean? And it, there wasn't no real me too yet. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. while Like there was a lot of, you know what I mean? It was different. So, so my daughter taught me a lot, um, even before she was able to teach me a lot, you know what I mean? And, you know, just her existence and me having to raise her and, you know, deal with her on a personal level. Like it, it kind of changed me in the way I approach things and the way I, I, I deal with everybody else. And then, you know, that's my child, you know, so that's my legacy. That's my everything. Right. And so all the ideas that you might place on somebody where where you might think, um, well, they might not be able to do this or that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't have those thoughts about girls. I don't I don't remember whether I had them before. I probably did. You know what I mean? But I could tell you I don't have them now because there's nothing I would tell my daughter that you can't do. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I would say, all right, well, this is for boys. Like, if my daughter wanted to go play football, like, I'm not for her going to play football, but I wouldn't be for my son going to play football. You see what I'm saying? But if she did want to, like, I I would not believe that she couldn't just go out there and be the best football player ever. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm at with it. And I mm-hmm. think that's the way it kind of happens. You know what I mean? It it, it kind of just sort of changes you. If you're a dad, I mean, there's probably scumbag dads out there that are not really paying attention yeah. or whatever. But, like, like for me, you know what I mean? It's just me and my daughter. So it's just like, that's the way it is. And so my, my whole idea and mindset of it is like, yo, there's something there Um you know so only thing the only thing i I can do is like set up the environment you know what i mean like yeah. i'm i'm the um I'm the oven yo you know what i mean like i'm 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 the oven and the baker and all the rest of that shit and i I put all this shit on uh, uh into it and all the rest of that and then when she goes to college like she gotta handle the icing and making it look pretty and all the rest of that you know what I mean but for me man i'm you know i just i, I gotta i gotta make the right right ingredients the right temperature and all the rest of that that's my job right now you know what I mean and, and I, I, that's what, that's the shit that really fucked me up about the Kobe shit. Cause I mean, you guys spoke about the potential and all the rest of this shit. Like, and I know what it's like to, you know, have your, you know, possibly be in your last moments. Obviously I'm here, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I know what that's like, you know what I mean? I've flatlined twice in my life. This is a fact. And I could not imagine my daughter being there for any of those moments. Mm. I could not imagine my daughter being there. Like, I don't, there's nothing in me and you said it perfectly Joe earlier. And, and you know what I mean? It was like, it, it's a, it's a thought process that I always have. And it was like, yo, that's a potential gone. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, what was she going to become? Alex said, yo, she could have cured cancer. You know what I mean? Like, yo, he's right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's potential loss. Um, and we we were robbed of greatness. COVID, listen to what Kobe was doing for women athletics,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, he was putting the the greatest bask the greatest retired living basketball player that a lot of a, a whole generation saw, you know, outside of Michael Jordan, right? That a whole mm-hmm. generation saw was focused on women's athletics, and mm-hmm. he was having these women come to his house, was training them WNBA players and shit, you know what I mean? WNBA was about to be lit. Let mm-hmm. Kobe have his first daughter there. You know what I mean? Or even just be about to come there. Because she was already going to go to UConn. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so when the WNBA came, like it was like, yo, that shit was going to be so lit. It was going to be the next show. I mean, mm-hmm. it had to be. You know what I mean? Because it was, it was Kobe. You know what he does with shit. He don't lose. That's his thing. He probably, under, he probably already knew how he was going to market that shit. He probably already knew how. Listen to what Alex was telling us. Mm -hmm. earlier you know i mean he probably already knew what he was going to do with that shit to make niggas fuck with it he probably already knew and so that that's that's what that's what i feel like we lost that we got robbed of that we got and and yeah like back to being a dad yo like man kobe had kobe had a a few of them things and he was going to see greatness out of all of them motherfuckers and that's 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 kind of how i look at that shit
0: yeah man, definitely I feel that shit, man. Yo, yo, Alex. Um, I know you got your son, you know what I'm saying? And I know he doing doing big things. He playing he playing football, right? He doing his yep, thing. Yep, yep. But besides from your son, your girls, man, how how with Kobe seeing Kobe with his daughter and you thinking about you and your girls, like, how does that feel? Like I mean, I
1: try. I'll be honest. I try not to because, like I said, I, I was sad when Kobe died. I was hurt when his daughter was there because then that's a direct. You know what I'm saying? Like that make that that puts me in that place. Like damn, what you know what I'm saying? And it goes to what B was saying. And even when he was talking, I was just in my head. I was just like, damn, what was happening at that moment? What was you know what I'm saying? Like those things happen in a flash, and then I got to go to I believe you're, Three daughters. He just had one not too long ago, if I'm not mistaken. mistaken. Yeah, like so seven it's like months his, old. Yeah. So his wife is there with three other daughters. Like their example for a man is gone. Even though I know I'm pretty sure they are set in their in their in their lives, and they'll they'll have other men that come in that can be that example. But at the end of the day, your father's your father. He's that first man that you fell in love with. You know what I'm saying? And B, I know he can relate to it because I have my wife to lean on he's doing that all by himself so he's so he's so he's everything so if something goes crazy i got somebody right there in the house like oh wait let me go ask mommy Mm. he gotta figure it he gotta figure it out right then and there there's nobody to lean on i mean you have a mother you can have a sister but at the end of the day it's just you and her
2: it's an obsessive science so
1: right Mm. yeah and I have my daughters with me. I have my daughters with me constantly, all the like, all the time. Like I don't, I don't leave them behind on purpose, because I want them to see what I look like. I want them to see, um, if they decide when they grow up to get married and to go on is to see how I am with their mother, so they know how to be treated.
4: Exactly.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like that's, in, that's important to me, and that goes back to a lot of what you were saying, um, uh, uh Joe about what he did after that trial, how he invested more into his children, probably realizing like, yo, I gotta tighten up and I gotta fly right. The reason I mean, we all know this, but well, maybe everybody doesn't know the reason he was started using helicopters because he wanted to spend more time with his kids. It was easier Mm -hmm. from his house to the facility and then to come back. And he said he wanted to do that even when his wife was saying Nah, babe, stay. I got it. He was like, no, I want to do that. I'm not in town. I'm going to take the chopper back and I'm going to be there on purpose to pick them up from school because I, I be- need all the time I can have with them. I want to have with them. Okay?
0: Yeah, I believe he mentioned um, being stuck in like crazy traffic play or something like that. Yeah. And that was. Yeah. yeah.
1: Know, that's, what, that's what that's what fathers. That's what fathers do. I know maybe me, we've always been trying to figure out how to have that conversation. Like, what yeah. is a great father? And, like, the bar is set so low that even any little thing you do, you consider the great father, even as what you're supposed to do. I mean, we'll figure out how to have that conversation one time, but we always talk about that. What's that bar? What is that bar? Because that bar is too low.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, and like you said, Kobe, you try and beat it more for his family, his wife and uh, his daughters and stuff like that, and how Brian touched on how Kobe seemed to be all in like a motherfucker on like uplifting like um, women ball players and um, and all that. And it was just, uh, you know, and, and maybe he did it because, you know, he respected the women, but even more than that, we know he did it because he knew that his daughter saw herself in like all of them, you know? Wow. And um, we joke about the WNBA so much, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes. Because it's just because it's not the NBA. You know what I'm saying? That's pretty much the only thing, you know? Um, it's just a different, like, skill set, different, like, athletic, just nature. You know what I'm saying?
2: And it comes but, on at weird times. Like, because I like watching the mm-hmm. WNBA. I'm, I ain't going to lie to you. Like, it's really great skill. But it just comes on at weird, random times when you're doing other shit in a weird part of the year. So, just, like, it's not ingrained in our lives just yet.
0: That's yeah. It. Pretty much this, that, but you know, I want you know, shout out to Kobe for like going out of his way to like uplift women and to help show that example to his daughters. Now, I'm thinking we'll go a little off Kobe for one second because there's been something in the news about Terry Crews, and we clown Terry Crews uh, a while back uh, for some shit. He did some coon ass shit, but there's like in contrast to Kobe going out of his way to like uplift women, Terry Crews is someone who has a bunch of kids and he has some daughters and i seen this motherfucker cooning on fucking today's Today Show um, promoting his America Got Talent gig that he has because fucking Nick Cannon told him Nick to kiss his ass but um, some folks may know in like on the past months Gabrielle Union's contract wasn't renewed to be back on the show and from all I heard she was great on the show and she uh, cited um, racial um, racial issues and fucking sexism and shit like that And this nigga, Terry Crews, sat up there with the biggest nigga grin on his face on today's show saying, well, I'm not a woman, so I can't speak to anything with sexist. But as a black man, they had all kinds of ethnicities on the show. And I'm not saying that um, Gabrielle, Union or whoever aren't like, you know, telling the truth. But
3: I never saw any of that.
0: You know what I'm saying? And he kind of like chose that like fucking hill to stand on and shit. And he went on and on. And I wanna know how do y'all <laughs> feel about this nigga Terry Crews and shit, this buff smiling ass coon nigga. Fuck it, like does, I mean it's, like, it's so funny easy. the
2: voice you just did for this nigga. So like, <laughs> that's what <laughs> <laughs> like, I was <laughs> thinking. Fuck that nigga really like I like he's a goofball, man. I think I think he makes money off of Coonin. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. so it is what it is like he he out there shaking his titties and shit and dancing like he, he coming in like like he looked through and then and coming in acting all goofy whatever that's how he make his money you know what i mean so it's like uh um how we how do we respect this man you know like how do we look at him and and his values he'll do anything for, for the dollar you know what i mean like because at some point in time he do not have to do that anymore but that's 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 how he made his mark in hollywood also and mm-hmm. getting um and, and then, you know, he's big as hell. And he was talking about, he, you know, he got a, a, a sexually abused by old white men. Like,
0: what? like his wife yeah, Like, yeah
2: like, like, so it's hard, hard to respect him. Um, I don't know his perspective on life. Um, I don't really follow his stories or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Joe, Yo, you had to tell me about this. I don't know really too much about this in life because I don't look at him as somebody who, you know what I mean? You are not somebody, what's that, what's that to 5'9 to me? You're not the definition of a man. You're not somebody anybody any street niggas look up to. You know yeah. what I mean? He was just saying all types of shit, and that's how I look yeah. at Chris. Like it's like it's like he's a goof. You know what I mean? So anything he does, I just look at it through a lens of a goof. I don't I I don't really attribute any type of of real analysis or intelligence to it. Yeah,
0: and the thing that gets me is like this is the same job that like Nick Cannon had, and Nick Cannon walked away for the reasons he did. But I'm trying to say. See, like, if Nick Cannon was still there and he was up there and um, there was a brother that was on today sort of asked him a question. And if someone would have asked Nick Cannon that shit, he would not have fucking made me feel bad as fucking looking at a black man up there saying some shit. He would have said this shit fucking thorough. He would have gave his perspective. And... Not saying that he would have said fucking them niggas is the racist motherfuckers and they sexist they all this shit, but might he might have. Ha- he, he he might have. He might have yeah. said, you know, I've seen some shit. Then he might have left right yeah. after that. Right. But it's like he would have kept it real, and if he wouldn't have kept it all the way funky with niggas, he he wouldn't have went out like that. And he damn shit wouldn't have thrown those sisters under the bus. That's a fact. And, like, after that, we was thinking about talking about how, you know, uplift, like, women and, and um, your daughters and stuff like that. But I think we pretty much covered that, man. It's like, um, I salute you two as fathers. You know what I'm saying? Because I know y'all take it shit very, very seriously. You know what I'm saying? Raising beautiful daughters and shit like that. And, I, you know, I think they'll probably grow up to be as thorough as y'all can talk. Because y'all are pretty thorough, if not more. You know what I'm saying? And I say God bless y'all for that. Um You know, I hope to one day have like a kid and I'd love to have a daughter and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's just dope. Like, fuck, Apple of my eye is uh, my oldest uh, goddaughter and shit. Um, When I was living down in Alabama for like four, for for, like about five years, I got to see her like grow up a little bit, this, that, whatever. And it's shit. Best part of my fucking experience down there. She's like nine years old. She's going to be 10 in the summer. And uh, she's so into like math and like science and shit and fucking she don't know she want to be a doctor an engineer or a fucking astronaut now she young as hell so you know fucking her, her interests may change but me being like an engineer and shit I just love that shit like she doing like some coding now I just be geeking man and um even though that's not my blood that's my heart you know and I hope that she can like see greatness in all of these women that are like doing great shit now and know that she can do that or better Um, going on, and should you have
3: anything to add to this, Ant? No, just, I mean, it's it's always good to hear the perspective of of fathers in regards to their daughters. It's interesting, and hearing about, you know, Brian and what he's gone through, and how Alex really wants to be an example for any man that follows after him in regards to his daughters. And I think I mean the most important thing that I took away from it is that you know, I mean, your daughter's a precious resource, like I said I have my nieces and and like i'm I'm just glad to see them grow and be interested in things that they like and and like I just like it's enjoyable for me just to be a part of that and see them mature and grow and give them advice and be there to listen and so on and so forth I mean their their dads are in the life, but just having them around it. Talk to them and seeing them from when they were babies, so they're maturing and being in high school and so on and so forth, and getting involved in athletics, running track, like like things that you like. It doesn't matter what the sex of the person is, just just seeing your like part of your family, your blood just mature like that, and seeing the amazing people that they're becoming and they want to become. I mean, like I said, it's a blessing, and I mean, I, I mean, I don't re- regret any time I've ever given a mind towards them and. And I think for any parent, I don't think any of them ever will. I think they just want to make sure that they raise their child the best of their ability, make sure they, they see them happy and healthy and, you know, do what parents are supposed to do. I know one day we'll have a conversation of like, why is that bar set so low and, and maybe we need to raise the standard. But I think the thing is that when you really care about your children, the, the standard is always high because you always want the best for them. It's not that you have what I didn't have. It's, it's more of, You know, I know I didn't have, and I know that, you know, I'm providing you with more than I may have ever had, but more than anything else like that, I want to try to teach you in a way that that it's not important. Like, you having better and bigger things doesn't necessarily make you a better and bigger person. I just want to make sure that, you know, you respect people, you respect yourself, you respect your elders, you respect your family, and that you just grow up just, you know, just to be a good human being. And I mean, I appreciate hearing that from them and hearing the knowledge that they give out in regards to that. I really do. All right, man, that's real
0: shit, man. Um, right. Then we get to like a last little bit about Kobe right here before we j- jump into like just sports in general, how we like to close out the pod. But my question is it's like Kobe is like the personification of greatness, and we talked about that Mamba mentality and all that. I'm wondering, like, just from each of y'all, what lessons have you learned from Kobe that you can use to be like the even greater version of yourself? Um, Alex. What 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 do you have?
1: Uh, well, looking at Kobe, I mean, I think he personifies, you know, discipline, determination, dedication. You know, I always, you know, that's a moniker from D Block, but he that he personifies that. You know what I'm saying? He was he was all of that, and on top of that, he put in the quote unquote, you know, ten thousand blah. Malcolm, shout out to Malcolm Gladwell, ten thousand hours. He probably put in fifty thousand hours to be great at something. That's why he's considered, everybody else might have put in 10, but he's put in 50. That's why he can arguably be on that Mount Rushmore, you know, debatable, whoever you want to put on to take off. He he, he used every bit of his talent. He got everything out of his talent that he could. And people rarely do that. Mm Because people rarely can even find what they're great at to begin with. So let's just start there. But he found what he was great at and he used he squeezed all the juice out of that he left it on the table his dash in terms of um, when he was born to the point that he died that dash of basketball is complete that's why he was able to retire and never feel like he needed to go back or do anything else he was done he was good he know that he left it he knows that he left it all out there he squeezed all the juice out of his talent there was nothing left so he just easily walked all the way. He easily walked, uh, walked off the court with no problem. Mm-hmm.
2: All
0: right. And shit, I, I want to go next when I think about like um, lessons I learned from Kobe, like um, it pretty much is the same thing as like what Alex said. Uh, I saw some clip of Kobe speaking and he talked about um how he didn't want to be that player that came in there with like, you know, the size and like the physical gifts and gave like just enough to like you know, be in the league and be good. You know what I'm saying? He, like Alex said, he wanted to squeeze every bit of like greatness out of him pause. and um <laughs> and uh, and and he did and and to me, I think about like myself, it's like um I've always been I was like an intelligent kid, and as far as being adult, I think I'm pretty like intelligent. I have like different skills and shit. but one thing I, I know I've been far too many times as a slacker. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. like uh I've had like bursts of like doing like great things, but it was never something I really felt like sustaining. I would get comfortable and saying, Yeah, I did that and then just fall back and like rest on my laurels, like they say. You know what I'm saying? Same. Yeah. And um just thinking like Kobe Pat Kobe passed and just just all the all, all everybody talking about him and just watching old interviews with him. It it hits. It's like I, I was never gonna be an NBA player, you know what I'm saying? I was never gonna like, you know, do that shit. But it's like for myself, it's just like different levels of shit. If I take like fucking the three or four hours I might spend watching TV at night and like do a little something different, you know what I'm saying? And uh, just 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 do something like enrich myself. And I have plans and shit coming to New Year to like step up things, but it's like. You can't just be a New Year's resolution motherfucking just be fly for like maybe like a month or two and then be like happy with the shit. It's a lifelong fucking it's a lifelong journey to like just keep trying to reach your like highest potential, you know what I'm saying? Right. And um I'm not gonna lie and say I could ever have had that fucking like dead eye fucking like determination that Kobe seen to have, but Lord knows I could ratchet it up a couple notches, you know what I'm saying? And Lord knows I, I'd fucking, like, look back and say, damn, I did that and I'm still doing it, you know what I'm saying? So I hope to, like, be able to internalize some of this, like, feeling I have about, uh, the Kobe passing and shit and, like, reflection of myself and, uh, just hope I can like, you know, just try to live some of that Mamba mentality, you know what I'm saying? Just just try to have that, like, inside of me, like, pause. But, uh, Brian, how, um, what about you? Um, I
2: mean, I'm competitive, you know what I mean? So, like, I understand competitive people. I understand, like, the idea of being relentless. But I remember one interview Kobe had um, towards the end of his career. Maybe, maybe he had, like, five or six years left. But, like, you know, still, like, in the idea of, you know, towards the end of his career. And they, and, and he's like, so um, would you be ready for retirement? And he was like, I mean, I'll know. He said, you think I'm just going to stick around and and come off the bench and score 14, 15 points a game? Like, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? And, like, that's that's Kobe to me, and that's what I, I learned from him. Like, yo, just a relentless idea that I'm going to be great regardless. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm in this for. I'm in this to be great. He had money at that point. You know what I mean? I remember the playoff game where he had a bad game, and, like, He came back on the court and practiced for hours when everybody had left. And he wasn't even—it wasn't even a home game. Mm
4: -hmm. And
2: it was like I said, I was like, "Yo, that—that's just one of those moments that, if you love basketball, like that's what I said at the time. I was—I was texting my people, you know what I mean? I was saying that shit, and it was like, hell yeah! But like now, that like, now like after all this, it's like that's just one of those moments in life that you know what I mean? Like, yo. i had a bad game i'm not gonna stop like i'm just gonna go out there this is the court i had a bad game on i'm gonna dominate on this court even in my motherfucking practices yo <laughs> and you know what i mean like this shit ain't gonna beat me nothing is going to beat me you know and so that that relentless pursuit of greatness that idea that nothing is better than than you that idea that no but nothing that anybody says can defeat you all of that shit you know what I mean? Like, all of that shit is the shit you could learn from Kobe Bryant. Word.
0: Yo, know, Ant, what about you, man? Fucking thinking about Kobe and his life and his, like, pursuit of excellence and all the excellence he reached. Uh, how, does that, uh, how does that inspire you?
3: Inspired, in a sense, to be honest with yourself. To be your most authentic self. Don't be anything or anyone else. I mean, I mean, again, it's one of those things that sounds simple in theory, but if you think about Kobe's career as a whole, I mean, to a degree, he was kind of strange. I remember a while ago, I mean, this is years ago, um, I don't know if for ESPN or maybe a fashion shoot or something else like that, but it was like Kobe wearing like a white shirt and a white hat looking kind of strange.
0: Oh, yeah, he was all like this
3: weird fucking brown thing. yeah he looked but, but but the G2 thing is shit. that he, he always tried something and if it failed it was fine but like his rap got, career right he got everything out of him he, he tried his best and did everything that he could and like i said people always had a discussion about i mean people idolize kobe now but people to play with him they, they found him kind of weird because all he was obsessed with is basketball. He didn't really care about hanging out and doing all other stuff or what you would think that other NBA players would, would be doing. His thought was if this is my job and this is my career. This is what I've always wanted. And I want to be the best at what I want to be. I don't need to do what you got. I don't need to be up in this club. I don't need to do this, that, and X, Y, Z. I just need to be myself. And I think, we we had a discussion earlier about you know the Jordan thing. I think that was him just being young and not really kind of finding himself and figuring out who he was. And it was like he's just a Jordan clone. But eventually he became his own man. Like I think the 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 sexual assault trial was the thing that like truly changed him. Like it made him meaner. It made him develop that killer instinct. He wasn't the Mamba before then. He was after that because he wanted to block out everything else. Like you know, off the court family, this is Kobe. When everything comes to basketball, you know, it's the But This is this is who I have to be. This is how I'm going to, you know, realize and self-actualize my best self. And I think the lesson I take from him more than anything else is that no matter what people say about you or think about you, none of that really matters. You just need to hold yourself in the highest regard. And if you hold yourself to that standard what you do, how you perform in regards to life, in regards to work, in regards to relationships, family, everything. They need to see the most actualized, they need to see the best you, they need to see the part of you growing and evolving and becoming a better person and being along with you in that journey. Everything else is just white, none of that matters. As long as you are who you are, no matter what anyone says it or going to do, you're going to be happy with that result at the end because you know at the end, you gave everything you could to be that person. I'm going to take anything away from Kobe is that sometimes you got to stop fucking around. You just got to be who you are. Don't try to be anything else for anyone else at any cost. Just be who you are. Love yourself. Be who you are and be the man or woman that you're supposed to be. So so if you're in a job right now, you don't like it, find a way to change it and and do the thing that drives you. Do the thing that, you know, that speaks to your soul, but don't settle for less. Don't don't short yourself. Don't think what you can't do. Cause you don't know it until you try, and once you do it, maybe that's where you're supposed to go. But never give up on yourself, but always try to be your best self.
0: That's real, shit, man. Real, shit. <laughs> so sweet. Blood boils when you speak, it makes me weak. But I refuse to weak. Yet when
2: I
4: sleep. I'm going to take my check off. Stay strong, cry telling me, move on.
3: My heart's fighting me, forcing me to hold on. Yours forever, filthy for you beyond measure, <laughs> pure as ever.
0: Nice Shout out to Kobe, man,
1: yo. Kobe, uh, somewhere, Kobe? somewhere lost, somewhere lost in my in my DAC collection is that Kobe album because I was there when that album when they made that album and the NBA shut it down. They said they didn't want him to do that because he was about to be the face of the NBA. They didn't want the face of the NBA with I'm with, um, coming out with a rap album.
4: Yeah, it's
0: funny how I, I saw Shaq. uh when He was talking about uh Kobe on the. um uh, inside the NBA, the pregame show and shit. He said he talked to Kobe and Kobe said, he said, "Kobe, what do you want to be like? What you want out, out of the game?" He said, "I want to be the greatest. Said, I'm to be the greatest player in the world, and I want to be bigger than Will Smith." I don't know if he's talking about just rapping or like fucking acting or just fucking like just the I mean, level of yeah, yeah. So yeah, man. And, and Kobe, Kobe wasn't bad at rapping. He was all right. Yeah.
2: I heard Kobe. It was it was it was annoying. He rapped too long. It was just like yeah. he didn't have any structure. He could have been a lot better. I remember yeah. one time like I I listened to him and he was and and it was supposedly like some freestyle. He was like if we keep it going and he started rapping in another language and I was like I wish this nigga would just shut the fuck up. He rapped for like 16 minutes one time and I was just like all right, this is good to you. You
0: know I mean? I don't mean this guy now. He was great on basketball. Yeah, man. It's shot right <laughs> Kobe, man, because Kobe could have went back to the rapping, but fuck it, man. Yeah. Like yeah, Ant yeah. said, he knew what he was good at. He focused on it and right. got the best out of it, man. And uh we gonna put the cap on Kobe, but on some like Knicks fan shit. Um, Alex was in this group chat while we doing his pod and he was asking his RJ Barrett. That's our fucking hope, number three pick that we got this uh, right. uh, last year in the in the draft and shit. Is, can, is he is he the maple mamba? I mean no, literally, somebody
2: called him. Well no, no, wait on time hey. out. Okay, guys. Uh, he, that's literally his nickname. Yeah, okay. that's what I was to say. It's like everybody is, calls him that. Like that's she, his,
0: is, is he gonna live up to it, man? Do we have Oh, a okay. Potential? So here's the
2: thing, here's the thing, like you know how long it took for even Kobe to live up to? The for anything like remember Kobe was hitting air balls and not getting playing time. I mean, look at his early career. That's why mm-hmm. it was so easy for for a lot of people to pass him on the scoring list is because like early on in his career, like he really wasn't putting up the stats and he really wasn't getting the playing time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was Eddie Jones out there balling, and then they had other shooting guards that had him, and it just wasn't. There was really no reason to put him on there. You know, they I mean? put him um on, on the court. I mean, he was good. I mean, he was better in, ba- in uh, video games. He, he mm-hmm. got voted in um, the All Star game, but he got voted Sick in yeah. by the fans. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't the it wasn't like coaches or anything like that, and it wasn't because he played so well. I mean, you know, he wasn't getting any playing time, and so um, I don't. You know, I don't know. He wasn't rushed, and you know what I mean? Like uh, the Maple Mamba, he's you know, he just experienced his first injury. Like, ever in in his life, according to him. So, you know what I mean? Like, we'll see how he comes back from this. He's a brilliant basketball player, though. I'll say that. And he has the ability to be be great. I don't know. Like, Kobe had – Kobe developed the best handle, you know what I mean? Like in the game, and then you know, short of Allen Iverson, but like at that point in time, like to be six six with the type of handle that Kobe had, mm-hmm. it was crazy. So he had the best handle in the game, and then he won two. Kobe won two championships, and then went to Hakeem Olajuwon and said, "Show me all the post moves." And mm-hmm. then he led the NBA in in scoring in the post. Like so, like there's a lot of Kobe was relentless, man. It's mm-hmm. hard at some point in time, like and I and I know. Yeah, at some point in time, people are just going to explore the Kobe career. I know we think we're doing it right now, but that's not really. This is not really exploring the Kobe career oh, just no, yet. Just you know it. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the the actual basketball portion of the Kobe career and the different versions of Kobe that we got. You know what I mean? It's it was it's just amazing the things that he used to be on the to be able to do on the court. I used to wake up in the middle of the night during the playoffs, uh, because uh, you know they play on the West Coast and I used to always keep my my um my tv like on those on those basketball channels right and when kobe would be playing like his shit would look like a fucking video game like those Hmm. those spin moves those half spin moves those in and outs that he used to give people those calls like it was so tight it was so crisp and you can tell he was doing practice moves it was just like it it was almost like the other person wasn't even there (laughs) and and that's, that's like the amazing part about him. Like he was able to translate everything in the game because he was so smart. You know, some people can do, know the moves, but they can't translate into the game. He can translate everything into the game when they need to be done. It was, it, it, he he understood the pace of the game. He would set the pace. He would never rush. Um, fourth quarter, he would get this little bounce to him. And like, it was just like domination time, especially on, in big games, you know what I mean? Or big shows. Like it was like, and then also, I remember the asshole version of Kobe. Like, I remember when um, people said he scored too much, and so he, he chose the playoffs versus Phoenix to like just pass and yeah. not shoot. Like, yeah. you know what
4: I mean?
2: Yeah, like so he. I mean, Kobe, Kobe was 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 some shit, man. But he did whatever he wanted on the basketball court.
0: Yeah, man. And just to put the cap on Kobe, man, it's uh one of those like surreal things. Like, just even now, you know, especially when the shit first happened, it was like. Michael Jackson passing, Whitney Houston passing, fucking when you heard that a plane actually hit the World rates and of course the whole statue was way crazy after everything went down but when you first heard a plane hit, what? And shit, and then fucking like Trump winning the presidency this is when like surreal right. moments where you sit there yeah. and like, is this life? Yeah, You know you know what I'm saying? But we, we dedicated like this whole pod to, to Kobe and with good reason man, cause um he was like black excellence personified, you know what I'm saying? He was everything that we um, want to be in like our careers and shit, fucking fucking, be a basketball or business, everything that we want to be is like fathers and husbands and just all around like just good dudes and shit. And just for ourselves, not even thinking about like a career or a fucking even family, just dedicating yourself to being the best that you could fucking possibly be so you know god bless kobe and shit um we showed that nigga mad love you know um we hope we you not too bored if you listen to this pod i think we kept it a pretty good flow and mixing some things but it's ill because only someone the magnitude of like kobe bryant passing could actually eclipse the fact that we on the road to like the Super Bowl. That's just actually happening next Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, so I think we should like maybe put out our like picks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Alex, how, who do you think is gonna win, and how you think the game gonna look?
1: I don't know. I've been struggling with this because like the film is just it's, every time I look at the film, it says it's somebody. <laughs> it says it's somebody different. But right now, today. I'm, I'm on Kansas City.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just Never that, it's hands. Just that Mahomes, can throw, Mahomes can throw from any angle. And the only problem that the 49ers have ever had this season has been with mobile quarterbacks. They even yeah. struggle with Murray. Yeah. And Mahomes is that type of person. And not only that, he's dead point accurate. He could throw from any arm angle and have the same... Velocity and, and same accuracy, and that's the that's and they have they have players on the outside that can, you know, get get loose in the defense. So I think that's mm. the only thing that I'm really looking at. And Andy Reed is a great offensive mind, and so is Kyle Shanahan. So it's going to be, but right now today I'm definitely I'm, I'm looking at Kansas City, but it's going to be close. I say within three points. It's going to come down to a last play. You think last possession. High,
0: you think it's going to be high scoring?
1: Yeah, I think you'll get I think you'll get about – I think you'll get 30 points from
0: each team. Mm, that would be love right there. Shit, yo, Brian, where you at? Well, um, okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> exactly. like I,
2: you said let me go first, so I could have made the point with that. Yeah, the 49ers do struggle with um, the with mobile quarterbacks. That's a fact. I think like, it's an undeniable fact. I, I'd sit here. I'd be lying if I didn't say I'm not – I'm kind of nervous. I, I do feel like the 49ers are going to win, though. Um, that is 100% fandom in me cause I'm nervous, but, um, I don't care how they win. I don't care what the score is. I just want the win. You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of want the Super Bowl to happen and be over at this point in time. You know, I'm having, like people over the house and shit like that. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm not, uh, anxious to watch this game. I'm not going to feel good during the game unless it's like us coming out dominating. You know what I mean? I'm I'm just not going to feel good.
0: I'm gonna tell you this, man. Looking at the past couple, like Kansas City games, even if y'all come out dominating, be up by like 24 points. Yeah, I know. still it, could I, I be I, cool. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right, yo,
3: Ant, where you at, man? 49ers. Okay. I don't know. I I think I think they're gonna run their ass into the ground, and I don't mean like Derek Henry pounding the ball into you. When when they run that zone blocking scheme, mm-hmm. and they pick up. Six, seven, six yards at a time. And that defense isn't that defense. I'm, they're not bad, but they're they're like average, maybe slightly below. But if if they can get that ground game going just like they did before, and I mean Garoppolo just needs to manage the game. Just just don't make a turnover in the worst possible situation. All you need to do is lean on that line, lean on that fullback, lean on your tight end, run that zone scheme, be running all. They've been running that scheme all season, and I mean, they have the best record in the league, so it hasn't really failed them. They've mm-hmm. doing it in the playoffs too, and it hasn't, it hasn't really failed them. And and having that front four, having Quan Alexander back, the the help in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand you get that whole idea about, about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he scrambles, but he's not Russell. Like you're not really thinking he's going to escape outside the pocket. I mean, that was a great run he had uh, two weeks ago, but it wasn't. But he like – now. Right, he can, but but it, it, but it's, it's not really his game. It's, it's really to just kind of sit back and move around in the pocket and just kind of light you up. And the thing is, it's just that arm strength. You're not really worried about him in between. You're really you know worried what, about. He was a oh, smart ass nigga, guy. The
2: problem. <laughs> a smart ass nigga, guy. Yo, so we're better <laughs> in the trenches on both ends. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Offensive line, defensive line. You know what I mean? And so, and we have a better running game. If we can run the ball and keep that keep our defense fresh, you know what I mean? Like I, I mean, yeah.
3: keep the sideline by running the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and I, I understand people are really high on Kansas City. I mean, I am too, and I think it's going to be a close game. But there's a real possibility if Bill O'Brien wasn't stupid, they would have lost. It's a mm-hmm. real possibility because mm-hmm. because Houston football was on their neck, mm-hmm. and then. O'Brien decided not to go for two. He decided to make that dumb fourth down play. He made mistakes that you cannot make against them. And the way that San Francisco set up, they don't—they're not trying to like—they're not trying to beat you with trickery. We're not trying to be cute with you. We're not trying to run like a a, a draw or a or fake field goal, some shit like that. Like no, this is what's got us to this point. This scheme works. It worked in Atlanta, and I got him to to the Super Bowl. It worked in San Francisco, and I got him to the Super Bowl. But the only thing is that. Atlanta fucked it up because their defense was bad. They let Tom Brady basically light their ass up the rest of the way. This defense is a thousand times better. Like I said, and it's weird to say, like, the middle linebacker is so important, but having Quan Alexander back in that defense is key because you need someone to to help out and control Kelsey. You can't stop him. just need someone to really, you know, make him work for it because Hill is Hill. I mean, the guys are too fast. They got a lot of speed on that team. But if you can get that front four after them, and you can just slow down Kelsey, not stop him. Let him do what he do but just don't let him go crazy. You got a really good chance. And I think San Francisco just might have. Him.
0: You think it's going to be high scoring or low scoring? You said it's going to be close.
3: Um 30-27?
0: Okay. Yeah, and, so that's uh, like Dallas can. Yeah, I'm going to be yeah. so I'm going to be so I'm going to be uh pretty quick with mine. Uh I think San Francisco is going to win. Um I think I'm hoping it's going to be a high scoring game. Um at least like 27-28 points a piece, or something like that. I think it's going to be close, but I do think San Francisco is going to find a way to win. And because uh, I really don't, because uh, just they got a lot of things going for them. And I and I think Jimmy G will will not lose this game. You know what I'm saying? See, I,
2: I I'm, I'm I tired of he, y'all disrespecting a really good quarterback, man. No,
0: no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish speaking. Okay. I, 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 I think he's not going to like lose this game for him. You know what I'm saying? And even more so, I think that he'll have, like, if there's a couple moments where he has to shine, I think he will. Yeah. Because I was listening to, like, some stats we were talking about on the radio about how good he is um, in, like, fourth quarters and um, coming from behind, pause, and just other shit like that. So... Even though he's like looked at it as like a game manager and there's possibility he could actually win the Super Bowl and him only throw for about a hundred yards. I think he might throw for a couple hundred and um I don't think he'll lose the game and I think he might possibly win the game. He if does he that to.
2: he does that when we need him to though. Like That's that's like, what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like the whole the whole game manager idea, like that's he because, plays
1: with the Florida game. Yeah.
2: that's yeah, that's, no. that's why that works like that. I don't know, no. I just have to say that.
0: Oh no, up. word. Yeah, that, that's 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 just what I think. I think he'll manage the game one well. if he has to do it. He'll have to do it, but you know that's 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 fuck actually win Super Bowls and shit. Brady won his first one. I mean, you know it is what it is. But um, yeah. So I guess we three to one on the San Francisco side. It's crazy. I would never thought this a couple weeks ago, but that's mm-hmm. where we at with it.
2: That Alex is
0: hating. I would. Yeah. Alex said it was close, so that's almost as good <laughs> as saying that. You know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I
2: would the Raiders fan in them. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't let him say
0: it. Yeah, mm. man. I think that's all in sports, man. I think we covered it. Anything um we omitted like any like dope shit in the news that we gotta speak on or No, nah,
1: today's um, is, today's Ross's birthday. Uh today's,
2: birthday. uh today's J. Cole's birthday.
1: Yeah, that too. Shout out to J. Cole.
2: But but his the thing, like, I mean I, I know that we did a old thing. I mean it's it's weird to get into the to, to the whole impeachment thing right now, mm-hmm. but uh, nigga John Bolton, his manuscript of his book released, and mm-hmm. Trump threw a fucking hissy fit. Him, cause he implicates John Bolton implicated uh, both Trump and Giuliani. I mean, <laughs> at, to the key of the of the case. So, I mean, he they're gonna the Republicans are gonna try to make it so he he can't testify or whatever. But I mean, he's before this. I thought that he was going to testify and it was just a setup against, um, against the Democrats because John Bolton, regardless of what anybody says. And I know that everybody like Fox news and everybody's attacking him as, as like a shill of the left. But, uh, John Bolton is like one of the most conservative, uh, people ever. And he's like the guy that I would have absolutely believed would have testified just to, just to, um, not say anything. You know what I mean? Just to get on the stand and, and, uh, and say that uh, um yeah well there's a, there's a term for it and I, I can't really think of the term but like um uh, you know the, the powers of the presidency or whatever he can't reveal shit like that whatever right and uh, and kind of like ruined the case for the democrats he was just the guy that would have did that shit and now after his manuscript leaks I mean, there's no way that he could do it because it's on paper. Like, it's basically his testimony right there. All they need to do him is confirm it. So you said this shit, right, John? Uh, yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, this shit is... It, uh, we're not going to remove the president, but that's a huge hit in, in one of these, in, in a trial like this. Like, it is.
0: Word, word. Man, I wish Kobe was running for president, yo.
1: Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah, hey, could I... Um... Can I just offer this right before we close? Word I just out. found this, um, this one good statement, and this in relation to Kobe It's probably been said before, but being where we are right now, and it's that the whole world just shifted off the strength of one human. Your life is an extraordinary opportunity. Never, ever forget that.
0: Word. That's, it. That's what it is, man. Yo, Alex, I, I, I've been doing a little moderating shit. I think I did I but I can't do the closing like you do the closing, bro. Take us out, man.
1: Um, shit you caught me off guard you've oh, done man. this 50 times. <laughs> you want all the smoke as all, as as always we thank you for listening to this podcast you can get us yeah. on IG at better than you pod until next week we want all, all the praise we want all the
0: smoke Alex Hayden
1: <laughs> stupid Joe <Yo. laughs>
2: and fuck Lionel Richie
1: damn I thought we was getting
0: <laughs> out of here oh, okay. You're 100 you got Lionel Richie and all that, yo. Instagram, love for Kobe. Tears for Kobe. Love for Kobe, man. Everybody be your greatest self. Yo, mama Mentality, yo. We out, yo. 100